CHD3 Detroit, KMPS HD3 Seattle, WBMX HD3 Boston, and on AOL Radio and Yahoo Launchcast. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now 248 545 Soul. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. Are humans eternal beings? Can multiverse theory square with near-death experiences? Are there aliens or hybrids walking among us? Well, good evening, and welcome to the 420th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Never fear, Ben is here, but he's a little running a little late. Uh, anyway, those many and varied questions came from me. I'm Paul, the co-host and partner with my son in the paranormal activities that we... Uh, Sometimes partake, uh, partake in. Yeah. We need more p words in there. We do. Yes, we more participate in the paranormal partakings of different partitions. Exactly. So this evening we delve once more into the vast expanse of our stack of ever-growing emails uh, with questions and answers on many different subjects. Yeah. So let's get right to it. We're also hoping to have a call from our show reporter Donna in Connecticut. She's always got something interesting to say, and she's uh, very much the reporter. She keeps us very well informed about everything. And uh, that, of course, being the area where the terrible Newtown, Connecticut tragedy occurred. And uh, you know, one never knows uh, what connections it could be. Uh, yeah, well, not far, no. Yeah. Matter of fact, matter of fact the, the case that we were working on with uh, the other lady there in, in that vicinity was even closer. Anyway, here's an interesting one from uh, Marty. He didn't say whether he used his name or not. Marty in El, El Paso, says, Texas. There we go. Okay. All righty. So hi there, Paul and Ben. I really enjoyed uh, re- enjoyed your show with Geraldine Stith. Uh, I forgot. What was she on for? Well, she'll tell you in a minute. All right. On the little guys attacking the, Ken- the Kentucky farm in 1955. Oh, well, there we go. That answers my question. Right. Uh, not that I uh, do not enjoy all your shows. Thank my, you. My question is, did you ever uh, hear of other such creatures encountered by people? Uh, they did not come across like the little alien greys. Interesting. Marty, that's an interesting question, and thank you for uh, for writing it in. Um, I would have to say that the nearest equivalent I can think of was the, the Dover Demon, so-called. And Dover, Massachusetts is what, 15, 20 miles from where we sit right now? Or was it? Was it Massachusetts or New Hampshire? That was Massachusetts, 1977. Oh, well, I don't know. I wasn't alive. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, so you have a good excuse for yeah, it. Yeah, I have okay. A good All right. Excuse to plead ignorance. Yeah. I had only recently, actually, only a few months before that, been thrown out of the seminary for uh, being involved in paranormal research. Uh, anyway, that uh, being that as it may, I was um, not in this, uh, this area at the time. I was in Connecticut, which is not that far, but. And in any case, I do remember hearing about this case. Uh, the so-called Dover Demon was a small, whitish figure that I suppose kind of reminds me of the the little uh, so-called goblin figures that did it. Did, I don't think they really attacked the farmhouse. But the basic background is that in 1955, uh, Geraldine, uh, our guest, was uh, the daughter of this family. She herself did not witness it. She's too young. But, uh, but she recounted the story, which has gone down in the history of the paranormal as uh, one of the more interesting ones uh, in Kentucky, 
several uh, of her, uh, certainly her father and uh, relatives were in the house. It was a, a nighttime, I believe it was on a weekend, and there had been some UFO sightings in this area. And a number of small figures, what, maybe three feet high, were seen approaching the house. One of the interesting things was that the... Uh, the the the, pe- the men went out with shotguns and they got naturally they were terrified of whatever these were, uh, shot at them and the shots uh, seemed to have no effect. Uh, I believe the report was that one or two of them were kind of knocked down but got right up again as if nothing really had happened. Uh, they ended up on the roof uh, that is the little creatures and uh, there was some sort of a as I say UFO sighting in the area. So what these were no one really knows. But the Dover Demon does, in a way, kind of remind me of that. There was one creature seen, uh, I believe, three times officially by uh, several people, several of whom were teenagers. And so everybody says, aha, teenagers, they must be uh, inaccurate or you know, wrong or inebriated or something. <laughs> and uh, that uh, seems to be the assumption. But I don't, I don't always buy that. I think people, you know, no matter who they are, what they are, no matter how old or how young, can have legitimate can be legitimate witnesses to these things. Uh, there were, I think, several adults who saw it as well. And this was investigated by no less than Lauren Coleman from yeah. Maine, who is probably the, the greatest uh, uh, recognized expert today, at least in America, on cryptozoology, the study of critters that are not documented officially by science, such as Loch Ness or Bigfoot or whatever. And he uh, investigated that along with several people from Boston who were... I believe associated with the Boston Museum of Science, where you spent lots of time as a child then. Ah, uh, yes. And several other people of uh, some standing. Uh, the findings were, uh, I suppose, not conclusive, but something apparently did occur. I was, um, uh, Lauren Coleman, we've tried, we wanted to ha- have on the show about this subject several times, but his, his schedule is persistently in conflict with uh, our broadcast time. So unless we do a pre-recording. pre-recording, which we don't like to do because it's not spontaneous, at least not live, uh, we, we, uh, we're going to try to get him on at some point, but it's been difficult. So that's the story with that. Uh, and uh, so just to answer your question, Marty, uh, just the Dover Demon, I would say, uh, you can look that up. It's a... Interestingly, I've considered to be a cryptozoology case, not not an alien case. Not I'm trying a UFO to think case. of other other examples of this. So no, I mean, there there was that guy that was um, taken in by the those big feet or sasquatches. Oh, uh, yeah, the fellow he, in Pennsylvania. Yeah, and he, yeah. he lived among them or something. Or... Well, he would. He was on friendly terms with them. That's uh... no, 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 no. This this was a different occurrence altogether. Oh, was it? Where some guy was just like camping, and these big feet just picked him up and took them to his home. Yeah, like some kind of to... pet. I guess I don't he know. just sort of hung around with them for a while, and then he managed to escape. Well, not to get off the subject, but th- this has come up several times that that the Bigfoot may be uh, some sort of very wise and advanced civilization, and this is what I'm always saying, and I'm sure you agree, that our 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 uh, standard of advancement, quote unquote, ad- being advanced, uh, we assume that it has to do with technology. You know, however, however uh, all, all, the more gadgets you have, or the more machines. Uh, the more advanced you are. Well, I don't buy that at all. I mean, there were awful. I'm sure that there are there are plenty of civilizations that that are terrible people who are very advanced in a technological sense. I think advancement comes from spiritual advancement, moral advancement, um, and, and that sort of thing. Being able to realize um, 
your wisdom and and your knowledge and and everything you you have from your lives in the multiverse. I think that's the definition of spiritual advancement and the bottom line. So uh, Bigfoot, I suppose, I mean theoretically, could be a very advanced civilization in the best possible sense. You know, maybe fly around with flying saucers, but there you go. So that's so that's Bigfoot being, of course, the opposite. Uh, in uh, in height from the creatures we've been discussing yeah, in this, this I'm letter. Yeah, saying that not it's it's similar, but I, I it didn't seem like the way the question was worded. Yeah, that it was just any such creatures, which I, I guess mm. is kind of a broad definition. Well, I thought maybe Marty meant you know different, you know the ones the creatures Alien. that look like these. Now these supposedly had large ears, and the one in Dover was about the same size, but had was no ears or mouth was seen. As a matter of fact, his head was described like, like a watermelon. Oh, yeah. So it did, it did, from what I heard, seem to be lost. But we have not investigated, close as it may be, we have not investigated this case. Of course, not having occurred in 1977. Yeah. Uh, ben can't help it. He wasn't born yet. Nope. So, right. so there we have that one. Uh, so we um, have another here. We can at least begin before the break. Okay, we got a few minutes. This is from. This is about NDE. NDE means near-death experience, as most of you probably know. And this is from Marty in uh, another Marty. This is two Martys. Yeah, Marty in in uh, although uh, yeah Marty in Elkhart, Indiana. Yeah, two Martys. Yeah, <laughs> like that. It's like Back to the Future. Hi guys, I really love your show, Paul. I have always wanted to ask you about your experiences witnessing uh, people shifting from one life to another. That is really interesting. But I hear other people talking about. Their NDEs and all, all over the world, they talk about going through a tunnel of light and meeting Jesus or loved ones. So, what's the difference between these people and the ones you uh, witnessed? Well, that's a very interesting question, Marty, and a very good one. Uh, I've thought a lot about that, and when you really look at and Ben, you know, you, pipe, you know, pipe up here too, because you know, you, you have some experience with oh, some I of will. this. <laughs> People do not, contrary to popular belief, people do not have consistent near-death experiences. First of all, I have, I have a, a question about the term. I mean, it's, if, if this is what's really happening, then they're having death experiences, not near-death experiences, I mean, technically speaking. I had a near-death experience in my, my sense of it. It was, uh, I don't know, my good heavens, you were, you were just uh, a small child. You were very small. And uh, I, we were at our old house in Cumberland, Rhode Island, and I was um, having, unbeknownst to myself, uh, I had pneumonia and I had uh, atrial fibrillation going on. This is many years ago. I don't know if I now, but uh, I was only in my 40s. And it was um, pretty scary. And I, I, before I decided that I kind of needed to go to the hospital, I had I, everything kind of faded out. And I had a uh, an experience of um, something very strange. I, it was a, a cave in a mountain, only it was worked. It had a beautiful stonework around it, and there were there was a, a I guess you describe it as a lizard standing in the cave. Now I'm not a reptile kind of guy, but I mean this was. Um, and especially you don't yeah, like you reptilians. Have a, you have a pretty big fear of that, snakes. That's so. a joke. You had to tell that to the whole world. Thanks a lot, Ben. I thought um, I've worked that out over the years because we there used to be a lot of them. There. Anyway, in New England, we, they're not too threatening. Anyway, the um, Sorry, th th this lizard had uh, uh, 
it was it was a beautiful. I was you know by no means you know I I like lizards. I'm not afraid of most reptiles, but these this had magnificent colors attached to this scene. And uh, very benign, no problem, uh, didn't feel negative whatsoever. It was very beautiful, although it kind of struck me as odd that this particular scene would strike me as beautiful. Uh, but it did. And uh, then uh, something told me, go to the hospital, stupid. So I, I, I believe that I got in the car and drove to the hospital myself, and I was in there for 10 days. Apparently, I was in critical condition, so... Anyway, uh, that, I suppose, might count for what I would call a near-death experience rather than a death experience. Well, it's like people's beliefs reflect uh, the phenomena they experience. There's a funny mixture of that and a certain amount of universality, but we'll talk more about that based on this very good question from uh, Marty in Elkhart, Indiana, when we come back. So you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS News Sky Radio at Sky and Radio.com. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Enlighten. Empower. Enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New horizons. No boundaries. So hot that I melted I fell right through the cracks Now I'm trying to get back Before the cool done run out I'll be giving it my best This and nothing's gonna stop me But divine intervention I reckon it took in my turn To win some or learn some But I won't hey, It's our take No more No more It Cannot wait I'm yours Just to try to see it clearer But my breath fogged up the glass And so I drew a new face And I laughed 
left. I guess what I'll be saying is there ain't no better reason to rid yourself of vanities and just go with the seasons. It's what we aim to do. Our name is our virtue, but I won't hesitate no more, no more. It cannot wait. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. Well, hello, and we're back with a question from Marty in Elkhart, Indiana, and he's asking about near-death experiences and how they might uh, square with my experiences as a paranormal investigator witnessing occasionally people who seem to be shifting from one life to another a la the multiverse rather than some tunnel and all this thing and and when we uh, took the break i was just saying that we don't have really a universal agreement on what what exactly occurs and i was saying there's a difference between a near-death experience such as i thought i had when i was very ill and had to go to the hospital and a death experience, such as what really happens when this occurs, there's no reason why in multiverse theory that you can't have a, a, a tunnel and a, a sort of a light and meet different people. And as Ben pointed out, it does seem to be rather personal. Uh, if you have that experience and you meet somebody, don't just, just uh, meet know. somebody, then it's a matter of um, kind of you know, what we say. You kind of make your own bed. In the multiverse, so I think that's uh, oh, that's looks question. like we have uh, Donna on the line. Yeah, we have Donna on the line from Connecticut, and um, Donna, how are you doing this evening? Hi, good. How are you guys? Very good. Glad you called in. Uh, Donna is our uh, renowned show reporter from the uh, lovely state of Connecticut, where I was born, and she is um, reporting not only on general paranormal activity in uh, the area of central Connecticut, which is where it, things are pretty active right now. It is, unfortunately, the area where that terrible event occurred at the Newtown School um, last month, and um, we have questions about some of that. But, Donna, you've been sending in all sorts of interesting reports about your own case, which is, uh, I think, you're going to go down in the annals of multiverse research <laughs> as one of the goofiest and uh, circus-like situations. Um, you you send frequent reports that we appreciate very much. Uh, can you tell us about the spaghetti incident? Oh, the spaghetti incident. Um, well, I'll start with what what recently happened, and work my way backwards, kind of. I think to get the whole picture of what's been going on around here with that. Um, when my son and his girlfriend a number of years ago had gone to dine at a local restaurant, um, the booth behind them and all the booths had uh, heavy stained glass lamps hanging over the booths. And while they were eating, um, they heard this massive crash, and glass flew everywhere. One of the lights had just fallen off the ceiling and crashed on the table. And uh, he had come home, and he had been telling, telling us about it. We were standing in the dining room, and all of a sudden we heard this massive crash, and the light fixture in the kitchen had fallen and smashed all over the floor. Um, after that, I was had made spaghetti one evening and we were eating dinner and all the plates had the food on them and I had just gotten up moved away from the table and my son's plate literally exploded out from underneath the macaroni. Uh, 
cleared it completely out. There were no slivers underneath it or anything left the spaghetti on the table. But the the plate was in like a million pieces. It just it, nobody got cut, but the glass flew everywhere. Um, it didn't fall off the table. It just exploded. It just completely exploded right where it sat, right in the table. Just it, it, every glass everywhere, shards of it. The spaghetti just landed on the, the plate. Blew out from underneath it, and it just landed on the spaghetti. Landed on the table where the plate had been. Um, and we just kind of sat there, of course, and looked at each other like, "What the heck?" You know. So anyway, um, I think it was last week, my son and daughter-in-law were over and visiting, and we were standing in my dining room again visiting about something or other, and we heard this massive crash, and the light fixture in the kitchen had fallen down, and what's unusual about it is it was a screw-in we had bought special. Um, The fixture was a screw-in, and there was maybe a six to eight inch threaded bar that went up in there, and it hadn't been moved, or, you know, it was tied up against the ceiling last time we looked, and... After it had fallen, all the threads were intact. Nothing had come loose or anything. But that was another, you know, it just was the same thing. It's like this exploding glass. And yesterday I went in, um, I was going to go into my china cabinet, and my mother's, um, their old Fostoria glasses that she had gotten for a wedding gift many, many, many years ago. And I noticed one that looked like it had been laying on its side, and actually, the glass was split in two, and the top of it was laying on its side, and where it had fallen, it hadn't broken. It just, like, split right in the middle. The bottom oh, was shit. sitting upright, and the top was laying on its side. Okay. Uh, let me stop you there. This, this sounds familiar from a number of cases and from some research. Whenever you have glass or ceramic shattering or metal moving or being affected, I get suspicious about ultrasound okay mm-hmm. now uh or i should say not ultras- ultrasonics. ultrasonics infrasonics infrasonics right ultrasonics ultrasonics well whatever infrasonics and we've talked about that several times on the show and this was uh, really came to roost as far as the discovery was concerned in 1998 i believe it was in a british laboratory when some poor guy was in there late working and everything started moving and the glass started to clink and all this sort of thing and they found out uh, after a great deal of trouble and research, that there was a faulty, uh, some sort of faulty relay or something in in the ventilation system on a fan, and it was sending out very very high frequency, I should say low frequency sound that could not be really picked up by the human ear, but that affects things. Uh, our question has always been: Does this open the door to paranormal? Uh, phenomena by way of thinning the boundaries between worlds as we always talk about and that kind of thing or is it just something that uh to a certain degree moves things or affects matter and whenever you have glass shattering you know you you hear you see that that somebody with a trumpet or or a high-pitched you know opera singer or something and they see if they can break the glass and sometimes it works well this sound is um outside generally outside the range and it can affect things like that so whenever i hear about glasses shattering i wonder if it's not that people immediately assume aha a ghost did it right but i i think that's a mistake uh i very often when i've been in poltergeist situation things have been moving or things have been thrown at me i have not felt any presence at least not there right at the time and and i did and that's so i'm i'm just speculating here but that's my experience so i think Given uh, the nature of the place you live, and you know what I'm thinking too, Donna, is that you uh, you have do you have this smart meter? Yes, they came in. Um, they basically lied to us. Um, I even called the water company. They're starting with the water meters, <clears throat> and I I specifically 
told my husband um, to go down and check and make sure it wasn't a smart meter. And he came up and, from the basement, and he said, it's not, they said it's not a smart meter. So, of course, I immediately went downstairs and took the number off the meter, the registration number, looked up their website, and it was, welcome to the world of smart meters. <laughs> wow. And the water We've company been hearing refused. a lot about this. Yeah, the, the water company, um, I even spoke with, um, with a manager, and he was very argumentative with me, and he insisted that the, the frequencies or whatever they use, that um, they very definitely are not, not smart meters. But the website that makes them, or the company that makes them, says otherwise. Very interesting. Well, you know, as I say, we've been hearing a lot. A lot of people have been writing in about this. Of course, we've been talking about it, and particularly about your case. And uh, again, nobody really knows, but you know, the electro pollution problem right. has come up again and again in reference to studies of human behavior. And in your area in particular, you know, your your vicinity is the one where the uh, number of strange behaviors have been reported. I mean, not not least of all the Newtown incident, right? And secondly, certainly the, the driving situation right. reported mm -hmm. to us. And uh, it, it's and it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but there were people driving on the wrong side of the road for apparently no reason. That's and still uh, going, that's still occurring. It's um, still we've occurring. Had, we've had quite a few crashes. Um, and accidents in the last few months where people are actually driving um, northbound in the southbound lane, um, east in the westbound lane, that type of thing. And it all seems to be above, beyond the statistical curve from what we can see. I mean, it's, it's right. not sort it, of thing it happens, happen in your it, average town. It happens in groups, and it goes on for maybe a couple of weeks, and then all of a sudden you won't hear about it again, and then there's another rash of them. They're not spread out. They're, it, it's, it's very odd. The way I, I follow this kind of thing because I, I see a pattern in it, mm -hmm. so I notice it more often. Maybe. Okay, can you tell us more about the pattern you see? Because we um, see it too, but you, you're you're very articulate about that. Right. Well, I I I notice things like obituaries, mm -hmm. and it it seems very yeah. Odd. You get to a certain age, and you do. I know. I know, but it it, it seems very odd to me that um, there'll be a, there'll be a rash of young people. That, that pass away, and it always says unexplained or um, natural causes. And it, it, they're all like, well, you know, maybe not to a young person. They're not young, but I would say in their 40s, even their 30s. And if you read, I read maybe eight newspapers a day, so I just check everything. And you'll, you'll see this pattern where for a couple of weeks all these people in their 30s, 30s and 40s are dying, and it's, it's um, there's no known cause, apparently. And... And then you see these things where there's there's rashes of people driving the wrong way. And I had reported before the rash of people just driving off the road around here and just driving into trees. Mm -hmm. And there seems to, it's just, it's it's odd. It's almost like, I hate to say this because it sounds so conspiracy theorist, yeah. but it's almost like like people don't know what they're doing. Like mm -hmm. somebody's driving their car. Somebody, you know, it, it's well, the whole so, country doesn't seem like it's know what it knows what it's doing these days. Right? No, I agree. I agree with that. But it, it seems like something has taken over them. They they just don't even know what they're doing at that moment. And that's that's you know, what I, I find so odd. Yeah, I think I think you're right. And when when we've of course been there on a number of occasions, uh, both with your case and then as it expanded out to include sort of a triangle, as as we believe. And uh, like Ben, when, when we were out uh, doing the pilot uh, with the, the producer and the, and the, the director there, uh, we, it's funny, we, we've never been able 
to get our hands on that footage. Nope. Uh, you know, I've asked, I've asked several times, and uh, and, and the, the director is a great guy. I mean, he's well known, and he's a well known documentary uh, director and producer. And he's not, he's not the sort of guy who would just, you know, ignore us or pull the wool over our eyes. But it, it was never turned into a show because we we constantly hear from the net, networks or wherever that we are quote, or or in so many words, too intelligent unquote. And uh, that's another story. But we just we. Noted the number of, from my my military experience. I noted the, noted the number of what appeared to be sensors and microwave devices in a completely rural area. Right, that, that, that allegedly road abandoned. they had the, the, up on the pole there. Yeah, and uh, the military activity that was go, that was in the area before, and, and all all this kind of it just it just it, it's too suspicious to me. Well, where there's smoke, there's fire generally. Well, that's true. And it's plus the great. UFO activity. Well, it's almost as if it's too obvious. Yeah. Like, do you, do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, just, it's just like, it's just stupid what they're doing. It's just like it's so obvious. I don't know. You wonder, because, you know, the interference we have on this show, the Rendlesham guys are always pointing that out when they're on. And that didn't happen last week. Which Rendlesham guys? The actual witness, the Air Force witnesses to the, the Rendlesham specific. UFO case in England. Well, for example, Colonel Halt. Uh, oh, particularly moles. Larry Warren, Jim Peniston, John Burroughs, uh, when we had the panels a few years ago. You well, know, and I don't it was... know. I don't really feel very comfortable with them myself. Okay, well, you, did, yeah, but you didn't cause like the interference. I, like I said, it's just really, really, really obvious, as if it's trying to draw attention. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, true. So in any case, uh, this is not limited to central Connecticut. This is a universal problem. And whatever's going on, it uh, does not. It just seems to be very sinister to me. And I've never been a conspiracy theorist, but I think I'm getting there. Maybe it's because I'm getting older. Uh, but the, the, some of the information that we receive uh, from people I trust, uh, including Donna, uh, I think just, Paul. I think a lot of this is what they say. It's hidden in plain view. Exactly. Yes, yeah. and that's what you do in military intelligence. Right. You hide things in plain view. You, you give inf- accurate information from inaccurate sources and vice versa. Keep them guessing. Because mm-hmm. they figured out in the 60s you can't keep secrets anymore. No, n- nobody keeps their mouth shut. So right. you give false information, and it's, it provides almost better security. The whole. Imagine if Area 51 was – oh, we've got to take a break. Next. We'll come right back to that. Donna, can you stay on the line? Yes. Great. Okay, you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Enlighten, empower, enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New horizons, no boundaries. Rain, rain on my face. Hasn't stopped raining for days. My world is a flood. Slowly I become one with the mud. But if I can't swim after 40 days in my mind, is crushed by the crashing waves of fear. So high that I cannot fall the fear. Lift me up when I'm falling. Lift me up we can die.
Splashing in the ocean, I'm losing control. Dark sky all around. Can't feel my feet touching the ground. But if I can't swim after forty days, in my mind is crushed by the crashing waves. To be up so high that I cannot fall. Let me up, whoa. Let me up. When I'm CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal. With Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. New skyradio.com. Believe. Welcome back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. And we have our very special guest, Donna, from Connecticut, uh, telling us about all the strange goings-on and... All of our vast conspiracy theories, as much as we like to say we're not conspiracy theorists, yet we talk about conspiracies on the air. So, well, Ben Ben was uh, expressing during the break his uh, skepticism about uh, things being what they appear to be, which I agree with. But I don't know about this. Uh, we were saying during the break that the, the whole planet, unless you're in the middle of a desert or, or the middle of the, the woods or the tundra is full of electropollution these days. And there has been some speculation that it has affected human behavior, and particularly in places where you got a lot of weirdness going on, like uh, central Connecticut in this case. So uh, what say you, Ben? Uh, you think it's uh, something else deeper even? I say, well, yeah. I mean, there's probably a, a lot of other things going on. I mean, it's like, oh, you have the military coming out of the woods telling you to stay away or doing all this stuff. If they really wanted to reveal what was going on, they wouldn't. They don't. Thus, they throw out little breadcrumbs here and there to distract people like chickens. And thus, they do what's really going on in the farmhouse, unbeknownst to all the other chickens in the barnyard. Well, the trouble is, and maybe, Donna, you can come in on this. Uh, the, this is a very populated area. It's within 100 miles of New York City or closer. And, uh, you know, Area 51 is one thing. You know, I got chased across the desert there. And, uh, you know, it's the middle of nowhere. Well, but where you are is... Well, even then, why would they want to draw attention to themselves? Oh, Paul? Yes. I'm just sitting here, and something is picking at the back of my hair. <laughs> okay. Picking... <laughs> is it a government agent? Or... 
I felt that over the years. I mean, it's just it, it's just an odd feeling, you know. You it it's like lifts your hair up and puts it back down again. So everybody I don't wants know. to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Probably one of our one of your ancestors. Could be. We did find out we're distant cousins, so maybe it's one of our ancestors. <laughs> it could be. Hey, let me get on the show. You know. Uh, but, but again, again, this is another thing that's common with uh, infrasound experiences. People feel stuff on their skin and the back of their heads, and it's it's not an entity at all. It's it's uh, this this weird sound phenomenon known as infrasonics. It's well known uh, and uh, pretty strange, but it can really creep you out. So well, we've, had, a, is, we've had a I'm few sorry? multiverse experiences over the last. Oh, a couple of months or so, you know, we had a, a quiet period, and then, as usual, it picks up again. But, you know, the the booms coming out of the floors, and um, I actually heard a flute playing upstairs um, mm-hmm. one morning, and one night I woke up and heard a harp playing. Um, a the night harmonic uh, in there, yeah. The other night I uh, ran a tape recorder, which I frequently do, you know. I just put it on at night to see if anything. I don't ask questions. I certainly don't invite anything or, or talk to anything. But um, I set up a tape recorder, and I actually had to turn it off last night. I was getting so creeped out. <laughs> I didn't mm. want to go to bed. Um, there was uh, the heavy footsteps and the heavy breathing, and um, it sounded like a man really loudly whispering close to the to the tape recorder. I could not understand a word, but it was quite a, a lengthy, whatever it was he was saying. I just could not make it out, but it just... it. I, I normally don't get bothered, but I was up alone in a <laughs> big old yeah. house, you know, and I, I think I'm just going to turn this thing off right now and not listen to it anymore because it was, I knew I had to go to bed and I might hear it after I went to sleep or something. Well, but, we should point out that Donna grew up in this house, and it's a 1783, lovely 1783 farmhouse. It's, it's in a beautiful location, and uh, it, it just is... Uh, when we were there, we really picked up a, a lot of things. It's just it's it's a sort of a grand central station of the multiverse. You've got all kinds of different worlds. Some of the stuff you've picked up on the recordings is a human, non-human, uh, industrial, all sorts of different realities seemingly going on that don't seem to be related to each other. Right, and it's just an old it's just an old cassette player. Um, it's nothing you know digital or, but I you know I had gotten a series of electronic beeps. Um, it was almost like a code coming through, and then I, I had heard that growling, graveling thing on there that night that scared me. That was um, kind of snorting, snorting at the tape recorder, um, and you know, there's a man. I mean, a lot of men talking. You know, one guy says, "But I'm still sick," and you know, just just so many. It, it sounds like like when you're in a full movie theater, and the crowd is mumbling and talking, and you can't actually. Unless you stop and listen, you can't actually hear any specific conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, women come in and they're talking, and you know, I I I said it just on my dining room table or whatever. And we, you know, we live in a rural area; it's quiet. The windows are all closed. It's winter time, um, so it's just it's just very interesting because you never know what you're going to hear when you listen to it. Well, that's pretty. We should do a show just on on the stuff you've recorded. But as we always point out, it's never just one house. We uh, our our investigation has. Uh, range throughout the area uh, over a number of square miles, even and and uh, Ben feels that um, well, you can t- you know you that there's what? more going on with the research on the portals and stuff, and we try to move portals to give you a little peace and quiet, but 
it uh, didn't seem to work for very long. No, it well, comes and it goes. We'll have a, a very quiet period where you actually feel uncongested in the house. Yeah. And, and then it'll pick up gradually, and then it just all breaks loose for a while. And, you know, I mean, I, I when I listen to these people talk about, oh, you know, I was in a haunted house, and I have to sit there and say, you don't know what you're talking about, because <laughs> if, if you genuinely live in a house like this, it's completely different than what people see, like, on TV and things. It, it's It's subtle, and it's creepy and it's sneaky and you really have to have a constitution of iron um to be able to you know stay here and live here one of the things that has always struck us about your case which we've been working on now for what uh a long time eight years longer than that. 2005 wow. i think uh, yeah uh, oh five that's right we started and one thing that's always struck us is that there does not seem to be anything truly negative uh, parasitical in in our sense of the word, it could be there, but we've we've never picked it up. And even though you know you get creeped out and startled and uh, frightened, I'm sure at, at times, and things get really strange. Uh, you have never reported to us anything overtly evil. No, no, there hasn't been. Um, if there was, I don't think we'd be dealing with it as well as we have. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Um, yeah. That makes a big difference. On the other hand. Um, we have absolutely never um, encouraged any kind of communication. Absolutely right. We have absolutely never um, sat down with a tape recorder and asked questions. Um, I will turn the tape recorder on. I say it is February so-and-so, 11.30 at night. I'm putting the tape recorder on the table, and I'm going to bed. And it just mm-hmm. sits there and runs until the tape runs out. Um, you know, so what I'm basically doing is overhearing. Yes. Well, you are the poster girl for this show, I think. You know, you, 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 you handle things well. You uh, live in a place such as we always talk about. And, and, you, uh, you, and I think the reason you have no, nothing evil going on is that you are such wonderful and positive people and such oh, a great you. family. <laughs> and, and your husband is just, just – you're both sweethearts. And we, uh, we love you a lot. And we just uh, really appreciate um, your, your reports. And uh, we're with you. You know, Thank I you. wish we lived closer, but uh, uh, so just um, on the uh, before we let you go, Donna, and we do appreciate the call. Was uh, th- this whole Newtown thing is bothering everyone, you know, naturally, mm-hmm. and uh, we just can't help but think that you know who knows uh, that that kind of negativity can manifest in an area like yours. I don't know, because of, simply because of the nature of the. The multiversal interchanges there. I mean, not not everything out there is warm and fuzzy by any means. Right. Uh, right. Do you have any any impressions on that? Have you heard anything from the local people about? Uh, I don't know, something that that might shed some light on whether there might have been some parasitical involvement with this Lanza guy or a cult or I don't know. I'm just no, no, um, no that hasn't gone that as far as I know, and all the people I've talked to in the local newspapers has never been brought up. Okay. Um, I haven't read one one article. Um, you know, I, I there's a lot of questions. Um, there's a lot of questions that, that are not forthcoming, which are causing a lot of suspicion. Um, I, I, you know, everybody has their own opinion. I believe um, it was a tragedy, but it, it's it the people that I talk to 
in the whole area that I know, um, without question, they all say the same thing. They just want more information. Yeah, that's That true. seems to be the theme of this whole thing. You know, while everybody is grieving and it's still fresh and everyone's upset and it was a tragedy, people just want to know. And, and they don't feel like they really are getting... I mean, maybe they don't need to give us all the answers to a lot of things because it's it's not pertinent at this point. Yeah. But well, we're all we're all with you, folks. Especially uh, here in New England, we all we all really felt it. We all knew someone. Uh, it was it was just all. Ben, do you have any uh, final comments before uh, <coughs> we? Not that I know. Look poor Donna. Go. Donna, thanks for calling in. We love you, kid. Yes. Okay. You too. Bye bye. Okay. Bye bye. Okay, we're about to take another break. It is Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio and Radio.com, WOMC Detroit. Check that out if you don't have a, anything else that can pick us up. We'll be right back with more of our emails on Behind the Paranormal. Stay with us. Enlighten. Empower. Enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New Horizons. No Boundaries.
Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. New SkyRadio.com. Oh, oh, you actually did mean to point to me. I would, okay, yeah, do whatever. the intro. Well, this very clumsy intro was brought to you by Paul and Ben at Behind the Paranormal. And you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with us, Paul and Ben Eno. And we just had Donna on, and this is our open line show. Or Donna from Connecticut. Let me uh, finish the title there. And we are going to delve into some more emails in this final quarter of the show. Yeah, this show has really flown by. This is one from Jennifer in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Alrighty. That was a big rip in it. Um, yeah, it's kind of chewed up. Yeah. I was interested in your contest question from a few weeks ago about the rocking chair that made the house haunted whenever it was turned upside down. Is that true, and how does that work? Well, honestly, uh, I actually did look into it before we asked the question. And, and uh, the contest question is uh, on our, our Monday uh, Boston Providence AM show, uh, but not on this one. So if you don't listen to the other show, you don't know what she's talking about. But uh, we uh, customarily will do a contest question, and you can win a book or something or some other thing. And uh, although we've kind of suspended it because Ben is commuting back and forth to Boston to school on Monday night, so I can't handle everything myself. Anyway, uh, that being the explanation, uh, that was about um, uh, kind of an interesting situation in uh, South Paris, Maine, and supposedly, and I have not investigated this case personally, neither has Ben. Nope. Supposedly, when, when this, is, this goes back many years, and there's an antique chair that is apparently very, very old. And if you leave it sitting in the room, so, and again, this is secondhand information. When you leave it sitting in the room, everything's fine. They don't have any problems. But if you turn it upside down, like, for example, somebody put it up in the attic one time. They d- d- didn't want to use it anymore, and, and they turned it upside down. They heard voices. They had minor poltergeist activity they had footsteps all kinds of stuff was going down and finally dawned on uh, whoever owned the house at the time they put the chair back uh it didn't matter what room it was in apparently uh everything quieted down they didn't have any more problems so that sort of thing has come up before yeah uh, in... I've, I've heard stuff like that too like someone moves their couch to the left a little too much and then all heck breaks loose and yeah, that's bad. happened yeah yeah, I don't know. Oh, I remember, I remember uh, well, a number of cases with this, including one in, in uh, nearby uh, Burrowville, Rhode Island, where the people had, it all started, people moved the table out of their, cleaning out their basement. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't clean out the garage. No, no, you should uh, still do that. You know, clear that with mom would never work. And uh, they put the table outside, and uh, oh my gosh, all kinds of things happened. And ended up with a case that uh, was still having uh, some contact with it. And the problem is that you've got what I call consciousness waves, things, nothing, and any, any, uh, someone from any, any ancient uh, so-called primitive civilization will tell you this. Everything has, well, they'll call it a spirit, but what I think it's, it certainly is, uh, you could call it that, but everything is part of somebody's consciousness wave, and we're all really part of the same consciousness wave that kind of reaches out across many different worlds. And the things you own and love and they're part of your life are all part of that consciousness wave. And when somebody else's wave or part of the wave comes in and, and intersects with that and you're kind of pulling in one direction and they're pulling in the other sort of in one life or another, things can get disrupted when it comes to space-time. 
And it's not necessarily the ghost of the person who owned the table getting mad because you're moving it, or Ben said the couch. couch I don't think that's got anything to do with it. I think what's happening is that you've got something that's part of two lives that is all part of really the same super consciousness. And you just, it's space and time are being disrupted because lines are crossing, boundaries of worlds are crossing, and there can be a conflict. Just like you put something into your computer that doesn't, you can have a conflict with one software versus another, one device versus another. That was more common in my day than it is today, no, I guess. So it's still pretty common. Does it? Okay. Yeah, so so that, that, that's that kind of idea. Uh, so uh, that, I think, is what might be happening with this chair, if this is true. And again, I don't know for sure. Uh, you could be, um, by turning it upside down, somehow disrupting the flow of space-time through the world family that you're passing That's through. actually, that makes a lot of sense with Tai Chi. Not Tai Chi. No, uh, I'm talking feng about shui. Feng Shui. Mm-hmm. Well, Feng Shui is um, how to place your furniture slash build your house and have the maximum amount of energy flow through the house so that your everything goes right and... All your statues are facing the right way. You always wake up on the right side of the bed, that sort of thing. Like, for example, I had a professor of um, Eastern history in college my first semester, uh, Quang Lu. He, he was great. Oh, Master Lu. Yes, Master Lu. Yeah. <laughs> he, um, he was telling us that if you ever want to sell a house to somebody from China, like tell them that the front door faces the east So because that's where the sun rises and that's where the sunlight goes in and the, thus the the flow is like perfect so you have to position things in the right way so that the flow is perfect then there are some superstitious chinese people who are like if you if things are unlucky numbers are like put around if you have like four of something in the same area like that's that's like bad luck like, if you have, like, four glasses in a row, like, in the same area, that's, like, bad luck. I think that's what it is. I can't remember. I knew it had something to do with, like, unlucky numbers. I'm not really super-duper knowledgeable, so don't take this as gospel. Mm. I'm just saying this is, like, what I've, I've observed so far in my brief, brief uh, previews of feng shui. Well, I'm very suspicious about the word superstition in times. One of the things this Australian Aboriginal elder told me in 1979 in Australia was that... Uh, if you believe it, it works. He told, he told me about a thing called, they have it called pointing the bone. And that's why it's implied to point your finger at somebody, because you know, in the ancient times you were putting a curse on them if you did that. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. There are reasons for all these little customs and beliefs. to like why like, you shouldn't let a witch like, point you or something, and they like, point really weird. Yeah, or the evil eye or whatever, but you know, the pointing the finger. And uh, he said that if if a person did not believe in the curse, which he said is a difficult thing to do, they wouldn't have any effect, because it, cause as at everything in the paranormal, it's a, it's a mutual experience. It, it really uh, everything works together. We only got two minutes. Oh my gosh, where'd this show go? Okay, uh, so well on the air. Did you... Okay, well, yes, that's true. Uh, so don't point your finger at anybody, or don't point any bones. Simplite. Okay, well, we only got through a few emails, but we're doing another one tomorrow night in our. Boston Providence show another we'll open line show. We'll try to, try to uh, do that. Yeah. What is our record for? Record five? for what? Yeah, how many emails we've read in one show? It can't be. Oh, we've read six or, six or seven. Uh, but but these were very thoughtful topics, so we really appreciate. Yeah. It. Keep keep writing, folks. So we really appreciate it. It might take us months to get to it, but we will. 
So in any case, uh, check out my books on Barnes & Noble Nook uh, and uh, Kindle, Amazon Kindle, and you can get uh, Footsteps in the Attic, Faces at the Window, Turning Home, God, Ghosts, and Human Destiny, and a few others. Or one other, actually. And check out our website, BehindTheParanormal.com, which has all sorts of interesting information on guests, past, present, and future, and uh, pod- podcasts of almost 450 shows at this point. All right, so many thanks to our producer, Brandon Jackson, and we will see you right here next week, February 10th, when my dad and I will welcome parapsychologist Lloyd Orbacher. Or, or, Orbacher? Orbach. Orbach. <laughs> it's not a beer. Sorry, well, I, I was okay. thinking of the popcorn, actually. Uh, <laughs> right. uh, he will be uh, coming to the show for the first time, and we will discuss the current state of ghost research, and we will compare notes on our paranormal experiences. Uh, in the meantime, tune into our Boston Providence Drive Time show on WON twelve forty AM and ONWorldwide.com at six PM Eastern Time every Monday. Check out the almost four hundred and fifty podcasts as we say, they're all free. And oh, we leave you this evening with a quote from dear old Confucius, not necessarily Ben's favorite philosopher. It does not matter how slowly you go, as long as you do not stop. Thanks for joining us in our great cosmic journey, and we shall see you next time. <laughs>